You are listening to Keith Price's Curtain Call. Off with her head. Yes, honey. This is really a fabulous, fabulous time to be here at Keith Price's Curtain Call. Because, again, you never know who's going to drop by. You never know who's got music that they're just dropping. Because that's what the kids are doing. They're dropping the CDs. (laughs) And I'm lucky because, again, that song that you just heard from the cast recording of the wonderful Frank Wildhorn score of Wonderland. Frank Wildhorn, again... I love him, and I don't know why people, for some reason, have issues with him, but we'll talk about that on another day, because I'm still mad about Bonnie and Clyde, but we'll talk later. I'm sorry. I get <laughs> I get sidetracked because I'm thinking. <laughs> but, but, that voice you heard, Miss Karen Mason, is here with me, along with her darling husband, who's giving you serious eyeglass wear fashion. <laughs> I'm not going to cut, Mr. Rolnick, I'm not going to come for you because those glasses are fabulous. Paul Rolnick is here with me as well as Miss Karen Mason. And you know what? I love it when people got their music, that they're here to drop the CDs. Because I think here on the Curtain Call, we're going to have what I like to call the music corner now. We're going to start having more artists that, not only are you a theatrical artist, but you're a theatrical artist that has other songs. That I love that. And so, you know, you guys got to hear me talk to Levi Christ earlier, and now I have Miss Karen Mason, who is spending part of her birthday with me here. How are you doing? <laughs> Happy birthday, Miss Karen. Thank you very much, Welcome, Keith. welcome, both you and Paul, to <laughs> the you. Curtain Thank Call. You. First of all, um... How long have you guys been married? We're just going to just jump right in. We've been together 26 years, but we've been married 18. Okay. So seven years of scandal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Not being able to uh, sleep in the same bedroom when we go visit our parents. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You'd think that that would be different, right? No. No, it doesn't But, I mean, if you have kids, you know they ain't going to get to do that either. So (laughs) I love that. So... You know, for those of you who are much more into your theater, as I hope that you are, when I say the name Karen Mason, you don't freak out because you know immediately <laughs> that voice from Wonderland. You know immediately that voice from Mamma Mia. You have traveled the world. You have sung with everybody. You've performed with damn near everybody <laughs> at this point. What is it now with her brand new CD, It's About Time, that she's also... Uh, one of the executive producers, along with her husband, Paul Ronlick, who has his CD as well, Shoot for the Moon, which is a whole CD of his original music as well. How do you find the time to have a couple them and then have CDs dropping? I want to know. You work together. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of does, does it. Does that yeah. help? Well, this is what we do. Okay. Um, so... Um, one probably one of the most important things I do is make sure that Karen's records sound absolutely fabulous. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's difficult. It certainly is difficult. I mean, any couple who works together and spends so much time together, um, sometimes it can be a little challenging. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is that we both respect and admire what, what each other does. So it makes it... 
you know, you can support each other and enjoy each other's success. And with all of the times where you're arguing about, you know, all the crap that married couples argue about or you get back to that, you know what, I I truly admire you as an artist and and love you as a person. And, you know, I think that's we're very lucky that way. That's so fantastic. Karen Mason and her husband, Paul Rolnick, here with me on the Curtain Call. And um, it's fun because when you talk about being a married couple working in this business and doing what you guys do, I, I hearken back to a couple of the few friends that I've made in the theater world, like Andy Carl and Orfe, and I remember asking them, what's it like? Because they're both basically actors and singers doing the same right. thing, but you two kind of aren't the same. We don't do the same thing. We don't do the yeah. same thing, which do you think that that might be one of the reasons that it it's... It's still challenging, but I think it might be a little less challenging than it is if you were both actors. Right, because we're not competing. Right. And and I think that, you know, Paul is a brilliant songwriter and An record producer. Emmy Award winning. Let's make sure I don't forget that. Hello. I know. Hello. And, See, and, and look, I said it just to prove to them, <laughs> look, I don't even have anything with your names and pictures on it. Just so you know. You knew that. I wow. knew that. I'm just saying. I'm trying to keep up with my folks. Well, you're, you're, you're on... Right on target. Well, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, you as a married couple, though, I mean, it's wonderful to make music together. I mean, there's like a, what is it, that's the symbolism of the couples that make music together, the muses for each other. Yeah. But but it's nice to be able to share your artistry, too, it seems. Totally. Right. Am I right? Yeah. Completely, completely. When, when Karen sings a song that I've written, I know that there's no one on the planet that's going to sing it better. And end of discussion. Other people will sing it as well, but no one's going to sing it better. So that's just... Look at how you're looking at him, too. Y'all should see how she's looking at her man talk about her work. Go, girl. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. And and I sang uh, commercials for years in Mm -hmm. New York City. I was one of a group of what was known as session singers. Yeah. So I, I, I know a good voice when I hear it. That's that's amazing. You know, it's so funny, Karen. When I was listening to, I call you Karen. Like you know, we go way back. We've known each other a long time. A long time, all of twenty minutes. Wait, but you gave still. me gifts, so you can call me Karen. Oh hey, <laughs> See, that's, I knew it would work. I didn't, you know, I didn't plan ahead for you, Daddy, but I did. You know, the glasses was working me. Um, <laughs> you know, but it was so funny because I was listening to your music, and I and I as I was listening to you sing songs. And I, let me pull up the, the list because I have to think of the one that was specifically that caught my attention. And I want to say, yeah, the Somewhere Impossible Dream mashup. There is a moment that I can tell in most of the songs because you are an actress as well. And it it is so reminiscent in my thought process as like with Barbara Cook. When I've seen Barbara Cook perform, there's a moment where you can hear the music swelling as she's getting ready to get to her moment, but you can look in her face and you can see that she's finding that character, and within two seconds before she's about to open her mouth, the character is found, and she's in that song. Mm. It, do you? It feels like, from what I'm listening to, that that kind of part of the, the methodology of how you get into the lyrics of the song, is that how you use it? Well, to me, I've always used music as a way to, I guess, escape mm-hmm. who I thought I was, you know, whoever that person was, I thought mm-hmm. I was when I was growing up. And so it always feels as a way, as, as a better way of telling what I'm feeling than what I can express in my heart. And to have a song that 
um, that yeah, I, I mean, to me, that's it is. It's a perfect expression of of what I feel. If I had that gift of mm-hmm. of being able to write a lyric, those are usually the songs that I choose. I would want to be able to say it that way. It's you know, it's I I, I consider myself an actress. To me, somebody who can relate mm-hmm. a song, you know, and to make an people feel things. Right. I mean, that's how I'm. I'm tapping into something I'm truly feeling and and trying to express that. And you're lucky when it, you know, you hit your target when you feel like, yes, I I have accomplished that. Not every time you sing the song, you're going to have the same feeling and the same hook for yourself. Mm-hmm. But you try to find, you know, there's always especially with something like that, somewhere impossible dream. Yeah. Could it be more relevant? You know, yeah. I'm singing it actually on April 3rd at a uh, a benefit called, um, oh, shoot, what's the name of it? Um, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's for the Swish app. <laughs> yeah, my, my husband's whispering to me. Isn't he cute? Is, it's uh, the Swish. Line. Uh, yeah, I know. The Swish Ally Fund uh-huh. Foundation for LGBT uh, youth. And it's a fundraiser. It's truly going to be remarkable. It's down at La Poison Rouge. And um, these people are helping. And they asked if I would sing Somewhere Impossible Dream. And I thought, you know, it's uh, absolutely I will sing that there. Because to me, we have to find a place where we can all be with each other and appreciate each absolutely, other. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. And what a powerful song to choose to have that conversation. Yeah. I'm just... I, it, and it's funny because when we did the arrangement, mm-hmm. um, I, I had been hired to sing at uh, um, the Liceu in Barcelona, and we were just thinking what music w- is a little, worldwide. A little La Mancha wouldn't hurt in Spain, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably know the lyrics, <laughs> and it was truly remarkable. So we just put somewhere impossible dream, and um, it was Chris and and Christiani and and Barry Kleinbort, my music director and director, and uh, we just did it as kind of a lark, because we thought, well, they'll go together, right? And it's funny how it does speak to so yeah. many people. It's so amazing, amazing. So Paul, so for you, you are. Do you find yourself that you're in the studio always writing? Is that how you I, uh, pass I juggle, your time? I juggle about 17 careers. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Jamaican? <laughs> I'm on the bobsled team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but when we're not doing that, uh-huh. uh, I, I, do, um, I do a lot. I, I produce a lot of records for people. Mm-hmm. I uh, mix a lot of records for people. Um, I write songs, uh, lyrics sometimes, music sometimes, collaborate a lot. What comes to you first when you're, when you put a whole song together? Is it usually the lyrics that come to you first, or does the music come to you? I could be a wise guy like Sammy Kahn and say the check, but I won't. Ah, <laughs> work. <laughs> but it's usually. It's usually the idea. Yeah. And um, 
sometimes music can evoke an idea. These days for me, it, it's it's more a lyrical, um, maybe a hook, yeah. maybe an idea, a concept for a song, and then flushing that out. I've I've written. I sometimes feel like I'm the utility uh, ball player on the team. I <laughs> I've played every position, mm-hmm. and and in many ways, songwriting is is a game of pitch and catch, yeah. because. Someone's tossing out an idea, and someone's either receiving it or not, right. and responding to it. Unless you're writing by yourself, in which case, you spend a lot of time in your own head. And I, I love to collaborate because I finish more things. <laughs> That's good. And you I, have somebody else going. You know, we, we, I have another person yeah. to yeah. pull along with this project. But yeah. it's interesting living with a writer because you ha- leave little pieces of paper all over. <laughs> The house of ideas. Well, and, and you first can't throw it, them away, right? No, and at first it took me, you know, I'd go, ah, yeah, I'm cleaning up, I'm editing, and it's I can't do that because that little sentence might and, get me a great song. <laughs> work. <laughs> it's about self-interest, honey. Karen Mason, she ain't cleaning for you, she's cleaning for lyrics. How you doing? <laughs> there you go. There you go. And Paul Rawlick is here with me. It's so fun because I, I love that as creatives that you get to enjoy not only the art of creating, but you also get to enjoy the humanity of being able to be together, you know? Yeah. Because a lot of people don't get that opportunity. So for you, how then does, as a couple, do you guys just shut all of that stuff off? Shut off the song, shut off the things, and just be a couple? <laughs> do you, is, it a, is it even possible? I'm not sure that, uh, to be honest, I'm not sure that that it is possible. I think as artists, do you ever turn it off? Do you ever... Well, I mean, when you're in Aruba, you know, on the beach. Or, or better yet, you were in Spain doing the big number earlier. Yeah. And then you zip on down to the, what is it, the beach there? And, um, Ibiza. You go down to Ibiza <laughs> to do a little, you know, R&R, and then you get there. Do you just, can you just enjoy the R&R of Ibiza for at least 24 hours without, I've got to write down the song, or... Well, you never know when inspiration is going to hit. Okay. And, and there have been times when I've just... Oh, that's a good idea. And then I don't have anything to write it down. And then uh, I just have to keep remembering the idea until I have. A... And then once I can write. As you get older. Honey, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I just discovered on my phone just today the notes thing because I was having like the moments on the train and I didn't have access to the pen. I was like, I don't know. I got to write it down because I'm an old stoner and I won't remember. And I'm like, <laughs> and it's like, I, but yeah, I, I guess I get that urge. But I mean, you know, right. I, I still want to. I, I guess I still would want to be able to enjoy the beach too. Is you, can you have you found a way to balance it? Oh sure. Okay. There's nothing more fun than just doing nothing and staring at water. Yeah. <clears throat> Watching, <clears throat> as Otis Redding said, sitting on the dock of the bay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and probably top. also we you know it's not we don't have the you work five days a week and then the weekend. Yeah, yeah, you have your weekend. So we do. Ha- I think we really have to carve out time because otherwise you can be working seven days a week 24 right. 7 and trying to make things you know you work on yeah i i think we we take our chances you know yeah. we take our opportunities to try to not be but the, and you're right you have to be away yeah the, the other side of that is if there's work that comes in that you want to do yeah. yeah, you never say no to that. Yeah. <laughs> freelancers, right? Yeah. yeah, you're eternal freelancers. Yeah, 
regardless of yeah. you know how many weeks you get to work for equity, you're still you're I, still freelancing. That's right, because it may close, it may open. You know, wow. you never know. So for you, is, is Broadway calling you back at any time now, Miss Karen? Well, is, I you know I'm ready to pick up that phone if oh, it is calling. <laughs> well, where I, are they? I, I don't know. Well, you know, there's a couple of projects I I'm working on mm-hmm. that um, you know I'm crossing fingers. I would love to get back to Broadway. I'd love to have. Uh, you know, it's certainly that was the reason I moved here. Yeah, was to do Broadway. Of course, you know, me and four billion other people <laughs> moved to New York to be on Broadway. Well, that week. Yeah, <laughs> but luckily, I found these other. You know, I I found other opportunities for myself, other other channels, and and you know, being able to have somebody who appreciates all of that and mm-hmm. really, you know, I mean, Paul was such an integral part of my. CD aside from his CD which is Shoot for the Moon yeah which you know all of his original material I I did two of his songs Mm -hmm. on my CD and um, you know he he, I I trust him with how I sound and his choices and and we disagree but you know I truly trust um, his integrity when it comes to those things so it, it makes it you know, I'm lucky that I can say, listen to this and tell me what you think. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, and we can do all those different things. You know, I have cabaret, I have concerts, mm-hmm. I right. have, now I have recording, you know, and I, I have a show that I, I wrote called um, Unfinished Business. I wrote it with Barry Kleinbord, but it's about, the you know, my experiences um, working with my friend Brian Lasser, who I met in Chicago, and moved here with, and we worked together until he passed away in 92. Mm-hmm. And he was a great songwriter. And as a matter of fact, Paul, uh, pro- he um, produced the CD that I did of all of Brian's music called Better Days. And uh, we got a, an Emmy nomination. Actually, we won the Emmy yeah. for that. Yes, for, we did. For Hold Me. <clears throat> and, um, you know, so this show is about surviving losing someone and you know i i I was part of that era when we lost you know on a moment by moment basis you just kept losing friends yeah i i had a conversation once with um cheryl lee ralph and she used to say all the time it was like you would go finish your last show on sunday and then Tuesday, you're planning to go to a funeral for somebody that died on Monday. Right. And and that was just like almost every week. Yeah. She said it became that way. It was really strange. I mean, I, I don't think any of us, none of us were knew a really war. You know, we, yes, we, the Vietnam generation mm-hmm. and all of that. But it, it was still one day you you know you'd be at uh, at that time it was the um, the duplex for me when it was yeah. on the other side of Grove Street oh we were very on the other side of 7th yeah, yeah right over there yeah and that was one of the first places i worked when i got to new york and over a weekend you'd you know walk in and where so and so well they're sick next day gone yeah and it's wild. It, it was a wild time. Wild, wow. Yeah. And, you know, for someone who has, you were witness to the devastation and you saw it from a place where the creatives that you were working with, the, the art that we lost, 
because of the that awful plague, of the, which is still happening right now. Is that one of the reasons why when you got that phone call to do the gig at Le Poisson Rouge, you didn't hesitate to say yes? Oh, well, absolutely. That and the fact that um, we still have to fight. <laughs> the fight is not over. It's not over. You keep thinking that we're getting smarter, but I don't see it. No. I, I see... Well, the election get... pretty much sewed it in for me about how much smarter we're getting wow. as a country. I, I, I so. wake up every day and still can't quite <laughs> comprehend that I'm, I, you know, that, wait, am I dreaming? Wait, i got to pinch myself. I can't. It's like, wait, so the president of the country has a name on buildings and on a plane. I feel like I'm in a comic book. Right, And I the know. terrible villain has... We're living. We're waiting in that for period. Batman. Yeah, like so who's coming? No one's coming. Which is the reason why, as artists, you know, Karen Mason and Paul Rolnick have to continue doing their art because the conversations that I've been having lately with with a lot of artists has been that now because arts are under attack, mm -hmm. that we all have to find a way to fight. And so, you know, every song that you can create, Mr. Rolnick, every <laughs> lyric Absolutely. that you can sing. Miss Mason, yeah. every opportunity that I can have to tell That's people right. about the song you wrote and the one that you're singing is a part of that that fight. We are so, all in this yeah. together. So in it together. Yeah, when the all of, when when the results came in, and I was and I just felt like okay, I I, I felt this way before. Mm -hmm. It was generations ago, but I've got to focus on my art right yeah. now. Yeah, we can't <clears throat> lose sight of that. We can't lose sight of it. So. Karen Mason, Paul Rolnick, first of all, thank you so much for hanging oh, out with us. I'm so sh I'm mad that we're not going to have more time. But both of their albums are now available where you can get music. It's About Time with Karen Mason is now available. And Shoot for the Moon by Paul Rolnick. And we opened with a song from Wonderland. And now that we're leaving, I feel like we should just do a duet so I can have your music and oh, your lyric that. at the same time. It's beautiful. Um, and You Sure Know How to Kiss is Happy and Peppy. Enough? That, yeah. yeah. yeah because Shoot for the Moon is inspiring, too, though. Yeah, you know. it's a beautiful ballad. And you, it's the Emmy-nominated. Oh, yeah. God. Don't make me choose. <laughs> it's like Sophie's Choice, right? How would you feel if someone said you had to pick one of these to go on? <laughs> don't cut Mr. the child in half. <laughs> Please don't do that. Go with Shoot for the Moon. We would go with Shoot for the Moon. So that is Shoot for the Moon that is now available on Paul Ronick's CD, Shoot for the Moon. Karen Mason, it's about time. Happy birthday, Miss Karen. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you, Keith, so much. For taking time with me. And Anytime you, guys, you would like, you know. Well, you know where I am. I'm right here in, in the Hangar Studios here, Midtown Manhattan. Pow. Fantastic. Having a great time talking to wonderful, fabulous people. Thank you so much. And we will be back. Cool. And we can shoot for the
podcasts, go to Keith Price's Curtain Call on iTunes, SoundCloud, MixCloud, and coming soon, Google Play.